Welcome to Backyard Philosophy, a podcast where a couple friends grab some cold ones, sit around the fire, and talk about science, philosophy, and history. Crack one open, sit back, and get a good laugh as we discuss everything from automation to why the meaning of life is 42. Drinking, partying, and fireworks. All around the world, millions, if not billions, of people celebrate the coming of a new year. A changing of seasons, a changing of time, and for many, a vow to change themselves. But New Year's took a long journey to get where it is now. For most of history, New Year's wasn't even on January 1st. A day of new beginnings itself has had many new beginnings, but stems deep in humanity's history. This is where New Year's celebration comes from, along with resolutions. But Nick, how are you and what are you drinking? I'm uh, pretty curious, but uh, I got some Evan Williams here about yourself. Drinking some Old Forester, and once again, I bit off far more than I could chew. Who would have guessed a worldwide celebrated holiday has tons of history and changes throughout the ages? But in this episode, I'm not going heavily into depth of the details of how the New Year's holiday came, rather than, rather, but the highlights. To be honest with you, this could be an entire book, and if not, a miniseries on the chaos of how New Year's came to be, but this is a spark notes version, so to speak. Like every good story, we start at the beginning. It is true, many, if not all cultures, have celebrated the yearly season cycles, but not a definite New Year's celebration like we may think of today. For that, we must focus on one culture to start us off. Some 4,000 years ago, the Babylonians. Around 2000 BC, the Babylonians were annually celebrating a holiday called Akitu, which may be part of Zegmuk, but I have no idea. Babylonian culture is not my strongest suit, and trying to research a 4,000-year-old culture is not the easiest. Either way, a festival was done every year called a coot. It was a 12-day festival that aligned with the vernal equinox, aka the first day of spring. During this festival, as people celebrated spring as a season of rebirth in life, the Babylonian people would take this time and re-pledge their loyalty to their king, or appoint a new king if the spot happened to be vacant, along with plant crops, make promises to the gods, promises that we know of like to repay their debts, return borrow items to the people, and if the Babylonians kept their word to the gods, the gods would be nice and grant them a good year. If they broke their promise, however, the gods would punish them for it. So this is like when you loan your neighbor a tool and they'd take forever to give it back to you. The Babylonians were already sick of that. 4,000 years ago? Yep, same problem <laughs> that spans across eons. But from there, like many things, the Romans would borrow from other cultures and traditions. The Romans would have a spring at be the beginning of their season, and they used the Greek lunar calendar to keep track of the year. Well, where did the Greeks get the lunar calendar from? The Babylonians. Hence, the Romans got their calendar from the Babylonians. So, there was some transition 
of cultures from the Babylonians to the Romans of celebrating a New Year's. But many cultures throughout many different ages had festivals and started the New Year during springtime. This was not uncommon. Festivals of fertility, planting, gods, prayers, and promises for the New Year. Rome was no different until a Roman king, Numa Polymius, sometime during 714 to 637 BC, decided to try to change the Roman calendar. King Numa would move the beginning of the Roman calendar from March to January, one of the first to have January be the first month of the year. But you know what they say, old habits die hard. Having the first month of the year be a new month was hard for people to adapt and catch on to. For the most part, the Roman people just kept using the same old calendar. They would use this old calendar until about 153 BC. That's when things started to change, slowly being more adopted and used throughout the Roman Empire, but still by no means the most common or predominant calendar. Then a man would come around and make some major calendar changes. Nick, you, you may have heard of him before. A uh, Julius Caesar. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Isn't it technically pronounced like Caesar? Shut up. And in 46 BC, changed the calendar and solidified January as being the first month. The change by Julius Caesar solved a lot of errors in the previous calendar, such as the previous calendar was missing a few days in the year. Weird cycles that wouldn't match up from year to year. But... Like most things, this new calendar was hard for people to grasp and created a lot of confusion. In fact, historians have a name for this period. They call it the Year of Confusion, which I imagine will be its own episode. But for now, we're going to sol solely focus on New Year's New Year's resolutions. With Caesar changing the calendar and Rome ruling a large part of the world, the calendar quickly spread. Not just to Roman territory, but large parts of the world not underneath Roman, Roman rule. If you want to do your business with your neighbor Rome, it's good to make sure the dates match up. Time would carry on, and Caesar's calendar was pretty successful. Not perfect, still definitely had errors, still missing some days, but would get complicated again. See, this thing called Christianity had to get involved, and, uh, well, much how the calendar spread, so did the faith of Christianity. Well, to be fair, what have the Romans ever done for us? <laughs> It's safe to go out streets and nights. Oh, yeah. God, that's such a great movie. But as many holidays that we think of today, many were adapted and changed to bring pagans onto the faith of Christianity. So did dates in the calendar. And so did the date of when the year actually began. To concede with certain groups, festivals, and holidays, and to bring them from pagan to Christian... In Christianity, the year would begin and be moved to December 25th rather than January 1st. And as Rome fell and Europe transformed into many nations and kingdoms, the unity of a single calendar also fell. The landscape may have changed, but traditions never go out of style. Depending on where you were in Europe and parts of Asia, still having a celebration and making promises to the gods, or now in this case, one god, so that... You'll have a good year, you'll have resolutions and vows that you'll come through with, was still extremely common. This was so common during the Middle Ages, Knights of Europe 
would once a year have a peacock vow. This was a resolution, a promise, to continue or recommit themselves to chivalry. In doing so, they would usually roast a peacock, or if no peacock was available, a different bird of nobility. The idea of having resolutions and New Year's being a fresh start is common throughout history. I love that. Like, you know, we could we should bring that back where you have turkey for Thanksgiving and peacock for New Year's. I it's on, I'll be honest with you. After reading the peacock vow, it's on my bucket list to try. I've never eaten peacock. It never occurred to me. I've seen there's a couple people who have them, like as I don't know if pets or livestock is the right term. I've seen them in pens, you know, out and about. People own all sorts of weird animals in Oregon, so you just kind of stop questioning things. But yeah. I guarantee you they probably taste really good. They probably, honestly, probably just take like a cross between chicken and turkey if I had to guess. I mean, what does ostrich taste like? I only had ostrich eggs and ostrich eggs taste like eggs. I believe it. But again, throughout the ages, different festivals, different holidays were hosted. But a new year, a new beginning, a new promise was always made. And when these festivals were held and when the year actually started, just depended on what country and what time period you were in which from an engineering standpoint is a logistic nightmare which actually makes me cringe and hurt to think about trying to line up of two king robert i will be there the 13th of march which calendar are you using this that's got to be super frustrating this would all continue on for centuries until a pope gregory the 13th who decided enough is enough and attempted to fix the calendar How did we let this go on for centuries? This seems like a pretty big problem. You would think so, but I guess people just dealt with it. It seems it's almost like a clock, Nick, with with a mini episode we did about having clocks of it. People just kind of went with it's close enough. We're off a few weeks. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, it's just like towns who live one time zone away from each other. So you just get used to it. So, like, you know, it's a 10-minute drive to the other town, but everything's an hour off. Yeah. Yeah, just imagine that, but an entire continent. Yeah. Well, Pope Gregory Thirteenth was enough with it. He wanted to unite Europe using the same calendar. So, in 1582, the Gregorian calendar was created and implemented. Some might be familiar with, because it's the one we use today. But this calendar, against kind of Christian views, switched from the first of the year being December 25th to January 1st. To me, it'd be like, well, kind of makes sense to start the year with a first in a calendar date, but that's just me. And this solved many of the problems that other calendars had, such as missing dates, removing fraction days. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention, in the Caesar calendar, there were days that were four-tenths of a day. That is super frustrating, unless you're working that day. (laughs) Boss, how much did you work? Well, I worked three days. Three full days? Sure. Well, anyhow, this new Gregorian calendar, many countries and kingdoms were excited and instantly implemented in their societies, especially since the Pope was the maker of it. All these countries and kingdoms that were excited about it just happened to be Catholic countries. When it came to... Other countries who are Orthodox or Protestants, they pretty much said there's no way in hell we're using a Catholic calendar and continue to use their pre-existing calendar. Which, for those wondering, for Orthodox and Protestant Christians, 
they mainly had the beginning of their year on March 25th to align with spring rather than December 25th with Jesus. So, yeah, it's it's not they're not even close. They're months apart of when the year actually begins. Seems reasonable. But slowly and surely, countries started to switch over to the Pope's new calendar. But resolutions were still happening, whether it be spring, December, January, didn't matter when the year started. New Year's resolutions were always a common thing. In fact, in the 16th century in Europe, New Year's resolutions were so common that people made them and failed them and made jokes about how they're going to fail their New Year's resolutions. Kind of seems like a almost a today problem, Nick, I would say. It's just, I feel like, I feel like most people, I, I'm not a resolution guy, but I feel like most people who do the resolutions don't think it's a joke, but I think everyone thinks it's a joke, but they're not in on the joke. Yeah, it's 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 not a joke until you fail, then it was a joke. Yeah. It's like how gyms are always super crowded in January. Well, in 1740, an English clergyman, John Wellesley, founder of the Methodism Church, created a convert renewal service. From my understanding, this was kind of like the peacock ceremony, but it was used to reaffirm faith. And it was usually on New Year's or New Year's Day, but not always. Sometimes it was used on Christmas or Christmas Eve. But this kind of kind of brought some Protestants over. And then soon to follow, in 1752, Great Britain and the American colonies would finally adopt the Gregorian calendar. And once the British adopted the Gregorian calendar, well, the world kind of had no choice because at this time Britain kind of owned the world. Everyone switched the Gregorian calendar. Yep, that sounds right. Got to do what the English are doing. It is very funny. Uh, in 1813, a Boston newspaper featured the first phrase of New Year's resolution. Even though privately and in congregation and in groups, New Year's resolutions have always been a big thing. Uh, going back to, I think it was like the 1400s, famous poets and uh, writers were writing about a New Year's resolution and, and their diaries and, and uh, even doing some speeches on it. So they broke the first rule of New Year's resolutions? Yeah, they, discuss, they talked about New Year's resolutions. And once it got in the newspapers, it grew from there, becoming more and more common in modern-day culture. Then, in 1907 coming so big that New York made a giant lead ball out of steel and lead and dropped it in Times Square to celebrate the New Year's. And it's been going on every year since then. But this ancient tradition of talking to the gods or God, depending on your faith, or trying to make a resolution to yourself, might be disappearing. Year by year, the amount of people in the world making New Year's resolutions are decreasing. According to a survey, only 23% of Americans are doing New Year resolutions. And it's not a linear decrease. There are years with upticks. But New Year's overall, having resolutions in large scale, is decreasing. It may be a time in our life where we no longer celebrate the same traditions as our ancestors, going all the way back to the Babylonians. And depending on how you view New Year's resolutions, maybe even further back to the Egyptians and... The Chinese, just depending on how you classify New Year's resolutions. But Nick, I found some information that might be 
funny to you because it was funny to me. For the United States, for New Year's resolutions, there are definitely trends. The Midwest wants to lose weight. The West Coast wants to exercise more. The Northeast wants to volunteer more, which caught me off guard. And perhaps my favorite, the Southern states want to drink less. That tends to be those regional areas' New Year's resolutions. It seems like they're not getting done. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably true. But more than likely, I will probably do another year another episode on new year's or trying to do resolutions or trying to change yourself i'll be honest this is this had so much information because i did not realize how old of a tradition new year's resolution is so this season maybe break a resolution doesn't have to be big and life-changing can be small honor our ancestors honor all the people in history who are so confused on trying to figure out was the new year December 25th, January 1st, March 25th. When when did the year actually begin? So much confusion, but yet still so much celebration. So with the holidays around, raise your glasses, make a toast, love the ones you love, and try to make yourself for the better and honor the gods. I think a toast, no matter what century you're in, would do well. But yeah, Nick, that's how... A quick synopsis of how we got to the New Year's and New Year's resolutions. The resolutions have always existed, but the New Year's has changed quite a bit throughout the ages. With that being said, thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.